0: all right welcome to another episode of share your story with Chad. so we have willow with us today willow and i connected on linkedin and it's funny because we were talking about certain things and then she reached out to me and said hey let me give you a couple of tips about your videos and camera setup and everything. And I was like, who is she? Right? Like, (laughs) okay. I said, why not? And then she sort of reached out to me and she gave me a couple of tips and I actually had no idea about this stuff. Right. And the kind of thing she was noticing, uh, I actually had no idea with, and that's what she does is she helps small and medium businesses you know, build their online presence, elevate their online presence using video, obviously, she's also into digital marketing. But on a personal front, she's a photographer. She's a surfer. And she very clearly mentions about surfing on her her, on her profile. But also, she's a podcaster, right? So yeah, it's a lot of quirkiness mixed all together in one that builds Willow off, right? So yeah, welcome, Willow. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself for a minute, and thank then you. You know, go ahead and ask you some stuff.
1: I can you introduce me every time now. I, <laughs> thank you. I'm honored to be here, and I appreciate you taking what I said when we were just on a call, you know, a couple of months ago. You took it really well, as in you were you were open and and really gracious. So, I wanted to thank you for that. And thanks for having me on on your podcast.
0: Absolutely. All right.
1: So, you uh, okay. would you like me to introduce myself formally? Well,
0: give us a just a little simple thing about Willow, a little bit, and then we'll talk more about you as we go down <laughs> the podcast. Okay. Well.
1: Go down the line. Well, like you said, I, I help people with their online presence, primarily through video. And I have a long history of working in the production world. So, producing and directing, editing mainly commercials for a long time in San Francisco. And then I moved abroad to Lisbon, Portugal, the California of Europe, as people say. And I wanted to live here. And at the same time, I didn't know how to work here and get into a completely new culture and language. So then I started doing remote video production. So COVID was a big help because then everything went remote and, Absolutely. and I, it was, um, it was, I mean, it all, it almost happened by like a happy accident in a way. And so then I started producing and shooting video over zoom like this and the person films themselves, you know, on their camera. And so then I started creating content with people and it really simplified the process. And for, for me, you know, production is, it's a big operation. There's a huge team involved. There's so much planning, big budgets, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so now I love working with small businesses, you know, the CEO and founders and their team and really helping people show up on camera as themselves, skipping the performance, showing up as, you know, as authentic as possible and creating something that really showcases people's personality Mm -hmm. instead of switching into some person or character okay. that yeah. people think they need yeah. to be in the professional world yeah
0: that makes so much yeah. sense thank you for that and you're right you know like you gotta and it's taken me a while to understand that and get to that level as well trying to be myself and mm-hmm. i think it was it was one of your posts recently as well which was about you know performing and performance uh, and you know, you, you can't, if you want, you want to be someone else all the time, it's exhausting. It's tiring because you got to put that persona on all the time. Like, so it's better right. to be yourself and get your own tribe. Right. But yeah, that, that exactly. was a really good post to be honest, you know, that made so much. Oh, sense.
1: Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. And it's taken a long time as well to, to skip that, uh, the idea of who you're supposed to be. And I think, especially in a professional format or platform like LinkedIn, which Thank God it's changing because I'm newish to LinkedIn. I you know, was on Instagram for a while and I feel like people are now like embracing the fact that people want to see real people, because if you were going to work with someone, of course, you want to know that they're qualified, they can do the job. And but ultimately, do you want to work with this person? And how would you know if they're putting on a persona and, and speaking in a language that doesn't even make sense? It's more like lingo. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I think we see that a lot too. And yeah. it's a turn off.
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And I remember one of my conversations with somebody saw my LinkedIn profile, and I was very serious about it. You know, when I started out, I was like this and this, and everything was in order. It's like, right. you kind of talk different when I'm speaking to you now. And I was like, okay, that was the one day when I was like, let me do some change about myself. You know, let me be who I am, Right. move forward. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes. And I I do have a podcast, like you mentioned, and speaking of like positioning and being real. So it's called carve your own fucking path. Now, when I told my mom that that was the title, she was like, does it have to have that word in it? You know, because it's Mm -hmm. can put, it puts people, you know, off, but those are the people that a, aren't going to listen to it and b they wouldn't be a guest, you know? So I think in real life, it's, Occasionally, if appropriate, I'll say, you know, drop the the F word. Mm -hmm. Not for impact necessarily, but it's like if you speak that way, when people meet you, it's like if you put yourself out there as this one person, let's say, but in real life they meet you and it's completely different, then there's a disconnect.
0: Absolutely. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And that was that was one of the questions about that way down in the questions that I had. Oh, okay. On, so I jumped, I, I like, jumped No, that's okay. Because I was like on LinkedIn, we should be careful, but it's okay, you know? But what was, what was I mean. that one motivation for starting it? Was it exactly what you just told us that get people out and be who they are? Or what was, why start, carve your own fucking path? Uh, what was, I, I just want to understand what was the real motivation behind that specific name towards the path uh, okay. that you created, right?
1: <clears throat> so uh, years ago, years ago i was in a bar and they had you know the coasters that you put drinks on and one of the one i there was several on the on the on the bar and i remember grabbing one and it just said carve your own fucking path immediately i was like this resonates so deeply so i grabbed it and i took it home and i put it on my fridge and for a long time i looked at it every single day and there was something about it that at that time I was, I had a corporate job. I was living in San Francisco. I I didn't always like follow the straight and narrow prescribed path as I call it, but I still was in that struggle of like, I, I really want to do my own thing. I don't know what that looks like exactly yet. So now fast forward years later, I've then moved abroad and really broken off and carved my own path, which I had a lot of resistance around because it was so different than what other people were doing, especially in my age and, you know, in every stage of life. And so when I moved, it was probably a year or two after that, I started to think, well, I love interviewing people. That's my dream job, by the way. Like if I could, you know, being, yeah. So interviewing people was always a, a dream type of, you know, type of thing. And then with podcasting came about, And I listened to a lot of podcasts and there was something about the medium that I just thought, oh, I could do this. And I really, I resonated with it. So the title just kind of came from that place of like, I want to interview women at the time, specifically women that have started to live their life on their own terms. And I was living in an area that had a lot of women like that. So I started interviewing people around me, Mm -hmm. friends of mine. And then that's sort of how it started. Now I interview now i've i've transitioned into specifically unconventional entrepreneurs men and women because the entrepreneurial path is really interesting to me you know and so that's i've sort I've sort of switched into that focus so that's how it started
0: that's interesting you know and and i guess that's the reason like i started this podcast because more for me it was about interviewing interesting people you know so after connecting with them trying to figure out if they have a story that's That's what this is all about, right? And then inspiring people. I wasn't just, I didn't want to do a salesy kind of podcast where you're like, okay, let's talk about sales, how to do sales and all, because yeah, that's not Mm -hmm. just me, right? So I wanted to do something to inspire people and find people who are quirky, who are interesting, right? So that's why Mm -hmm. you're on this one as well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It's nice to be on the other Mm -hmm. end of things. Um, I appreciate it. And this, yeah, people's stories, it's it's fascinating. How did people, you know, a lot of time we we see the success. I recently interviewed a guy that is, it, 40 years he's been in business, very successful on the outside, you know, has the, all the accolades, built three, business, three multi-million dollar businesses before 40, worked with Tony Robbins as a coach, all of these things. But I wanted to know, how did you, how did this all start? What was the, What were the choices that you were faced with? And what was the mindset? And also, you know, being able to glean information and learn from these people and pass that on. And so I'm I'm always so grateful, you know, just by the the humbleness of people and being open and sharing, and people have been quite vulnerable. And I think at the end of the day, we all want to share our story. We all want to be seen and heard. And so I love, you know, being able to have a platform that offers that place and just exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing as well.
0: And yeah, I and mean, you're right, and exactly to a point, like you know, you want you want to be real and you want to be authentic and. Gone are the days when you want to be the perfectionist, you know, with a tie up and being everything good versus just being who you are, right? And and I think I see that on LinkedIn so much. Like people are just natural and just talking, it's but it's but they've learned over time, they've become confident, and you know, that's how they've progressed. And that actually comes up to one of my questions. I was like, you know, how do you get confident on camera? And it's it it took me a long time to be honest. Like I used to be Mm -hmm. hiding behind. And I used to be the guy who was like, "Okay, here's the creators, but not a video, not a video, right?" Right. Yep. So, what is? And I've tried your EFT technique as well, but I'm sure there's. Oh, cool. A, there maybe is there something simpler, or is there something that yeah. can help people just to become confident on camera because that is so important in today's world, especially it after is. the pandemic or with the pandemic going on.
1: Right. Okay. Great question. I just did a whole presentation about this, so I'll try mm-hmm. to simplify it there, first of all, when you're creating a video, it's not about you. It's about your audience. Who are Mm -hmm. you speaking to this podcast? Who is going to listen to this? There is, you're involved. There's a part of, you know, you're, you're sharing your message. It's your perspective. Mm -hmm. And I always, you know, think about what is your intention and think about who you're speaking to. Now, maybe that's a little bit blurry. You don't know exactly who you're talking to, but you know that you're pressing record and putting this video somewhere for a reason.
2: Right.
1: And so when you think about the other person, it takes it takes yourself out of the equation. And we we're so self critical. We say, oh, I sound stupid. I look dumb. I, you know, this all of that stuff. First of all, we're all so obsessed with ourselves that we're not thinking about the other person so much. The other thing is a camera is just, it's just the meat is like, that's the, the in between, you know? So when you look into a camera lens, it is quite awkward because it's, it's a piece of technology. It's a piece of equipment, but on the other side, someone will be receiving that message. So think about who you're speaking to and it's sorry, there's honking. It's about practicing like nothing. I, I don't think we just all come out of the out of the gate, you know, and just can deliver Mm -hmm. a message, especially to a piece of technology, but it's also watching yourself back and picking out things that you like and maybe one that you want to change. So three that you don't, and then one you'd like to change because everything gets better with practice. And the more it's like practicing how to be yourself ultimately, and that perfectionism it is like to me it's a creativity killer and I've been caught in it many many times you know and I think especially with video because you're like oh, I can do it one more time let me just do it next thing you know you've done a hundred takes And so
0: it is so tiring after yeah. that and then you lose motivation because you're like you know what screw it yeah. tomorrow yeah. it gets worse <laughs> you're right I feel mm. like
1: so there's it's it, I always I like for me the bloopers are the best. And sometimes I weave them into videos if I'm create, you know, working with someone else and I I show them like this is the fun part. You making a mistake or or stumbling on your words a little bit. It's like that's what makes you hum- human. So, I love live video actually for that reason. You cannot go back. There's no re-record. You just hit it depends on, on what you're trying to do, but I, I think live video is a great way to get you out of your head and into the moment we're in, you're actually speaking to other people. That's, I think the beauty of live video as well. You have an mm. audience that you can react to because sometimes if it's just you, it's a one-sided conversation. So there's always editing as well, you know, hit record and go, and then chop out the bits that, that are not necessary. Cause that's like, mm. another thing is really becoming concise with what you, you want to say. But so I would say like, take a. Take five minutes before you record, close your eyes, visualize the other person on the other end. And they are so eager to hear what you have to say. And you know that what you have to say is going to be valuable to them. It's going to resonate and and impact them in the way that you're looking to impact them. And even if it's just, I want to share my story and someone's going to be there listening. There's nothing better than, I'm not a great public speaker, but let's say, you you know, you're in a room and people, you know, everyone there, it's really comfortable, your friends, and they just, they've, they've been waiting to hear from you. And so when you, when you're speaking, you know, that everyone's listening and interested rather than thinking about all of the negative things. So I think really it's like humanize it. It's just you talking to another person. And you're really creating that intimacy with someone. That's the beauty of of video. Yeah.
0: Sorry. I think there's so much pressure for a lot of people who think that because this is going to get them business, especially in today's world, this is how it's going to be. And I'm guilty for that because that's how I started, right? Versus Mm -hmm. and that's when you lose it. Versus now I'm just like, you know, I just want to create content, what I resonate with the way I do. And I've sort of found my ground into what I want to speak, right? And And I've got a lot more comfortable from 20 takes a day to five to maybe (laughs) two or three, at least at a time. (laughs) Nice, uh, But that's 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 quite an improvement, right? And that took me almost six to eight months to get into. And I remember sitting and hopefully, yeah, people listening to Willow and myself, when you start, that's the hardest part, right? Like my first video was crap. And I know that, but if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be able (laughs) to sort of move forward, you know, and Right. And I guess you meet a lot of people who don't want to be on video, but you have to convince them and you have to sort of get them out there. So that's, that's something you specialize in as well. Uh, you know, but yeah.
1: Yes. It's, it's a huge one. And the other thing is what it allows is for people to connect with you. So if you think about it, this is, I think a good analogy. Now I know a lot of people don't like doing this. So text messaging, so many, we just text everything, but a lot of people including myself, especially in Europe, use voice message Mm -hmm. recordings. And so it's just like hitting the button and you're just speaking instead of having to sit there and craft a message. It's the same thing with, with content. If you have a post that you, you could do a video, you just, you're able to then free flow. People get to see your energy, your mannerisms. You're like, Oh, okay. You immediately know whether you're going to resonate with this person. So it's I, I feel like it's, it, well, it's that it's no like trust factor, you're going to propel it or, you know, create that so much faster rather than writing content, That's which true, you could true. have a copywriter writing your content, you know, who knows who, who it is. So really it's like, you're telling so much of your story without even speaking
2: mm-hmm.
1: with, again, your energy, with body language, with um, it, it, the whole thing. Like people can really just know right away. Oh yeah. This person, I really understand. So funny you say that, I
0: have to say, because I just did a video a couple of days ago, which is going to come out later, which was basically the value of video, how you can just put your points across how, Mm
2: -hmm. as
0: much as people talk about articles and everything, we all consume videos because it's easy. It's a minute or two, Mm -hmm. you watch it, you like it, you watch it more, if you don't, you swipe up, you know, and that's just how the world is. But yeah, that's a great point, to be honest, you know, just the value of video coming out in today's world, you know, Ah, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah,
1: practice, practice. So, yeah,
0: so, yeah, so I want to know then based on video, like you work with a lot of small to medium businesses. So how can a great video make a difference to an upcoming small to medium business or even an entrepreneur in today's world? Because you know, I've always said after the pandemic started, things have changed. Whether you like it or not, within a year, everything's gone you know five levels ahead already. But, mm-hmm. but how can a great video make a difference? to an entrepreneur. And you work with so many, right? Uh, In small businesses. How can it help them with their business and other, other areas
1: in today's world? Well, the thing is people spend a lot of money on marketing or a website. For example, Mm -hmm. I had a client so much branding was beautiful website, really nice. And then she created a video just herself. She was recording and then she's the CEO of a company that has Big clients like her. When she signs a contract, it's quarter of a million dollars, as an example. So she has a team of consultants. So she sends me this video, and it's her on the beach. She's in a wetsuit, surfboard, and she's talking. Her voice, the whole thing was really not a good representation of her brand. Mm -hmm. Now in real life, she's very confident. She does stand up comedy. She's not shy. but the camera was a completely new thing for her. And so uh, when she sent me that, I, I had to be first off a friend and say, this is not, this is going to hurt your brand if you put this out there. And then we, and you know, she took it well, because again, she didn't know what she was doing. I think Mm -hmm. in her mind, she's like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm in a wetsuit. It's showing I'm active. And, you know, my company has to do with wellness, but so then we started working together and then that's been now almost a year relationship. So I work with her whole team because she realized my team really needs this too. None of us are great right. on camera. And so in that case, it was, if you're going to put something out, it does not need to be this incredibly polished, beaut- you know, perfect commercial. We see that enough. And it's actually, it doesn't make a big difference. YouTube mm-hmm. videos. It's, these days people are filming them themselves. It's very obvious. We don't need to see perfection, but what you want to do to position your, your brand is put the energy into making sure you show up as a powerful presence. It doesn't matter if the, you know, if, um, well, you have to, you have to be, you know, people have to see you. So good lighting and good audio. All right? Good framing. So those things I think are more important than this, this perfectly polished thing. So putting that energy into getting training, for example, uh, you know, to help with your, your on-camera presence, and then also really being able to streamline your messaging. There's so many things that you can cut out to make it so much more effective, like skipping the intro. You don't need to go on and on about who you are, what you do, what you're going to talk about, dive right in, put a title in there. So I think in that way you can immediately position yourself with a nice video mm. it just put you know your, so it's, it's just that elevation of your brand for example and so people are it's all subconscious as well people they there's expectations
2: uh, yeah
1: i think yeah. as a business to have something mm. a bit more a bit more polished now you know i'm shooting videos with people on an iphone and then editing it to make it and adding more footage in but it's still a video shot on a phone
0: Right. You don't don't need a hundred thousand dollar camera anymore. Right. But it's to your point, you know, it's always getting the basics right. And then, and that's our conversation as well. You told me everything's fine, but do a few tweaks will get better. And those are the basics like lighting, having a microphone, lifting my laptop up a bit and everything. So, yeah.
1: Great. It looks a lot better.
0: (laughs) There's a few things which I can't fix, which you told me, but that's why I covered it up with something else, but
1: (laughs) it's right. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a difference and ultimately we people mm-hmm. want to see you. So if your right. camera is a bit off the positioning or um the lighting isn't great. I mean all those things people just they won't watch it.
2: Right.
1: You know, simple as that. So I think it, again and and we we pick up on on energy. So even if you are um and that's why I don't script either with people because when when someone's reading a script you can tell ultimately, You're you know trying, or yeah. So all those little things, and just having a live person. Because imagine you're shooting your video, you're like on the twentieth time. If you have someone there, the feedback is immediate. The tweaks are immediate. It's like so that's that's the transformation that I've seen is being live with people. There's you know creating a space that people are comfortable instead of just sitting there going, "Is this good? I don't know." Having someone, yeah, provide that feedback has, has been really helpful.
0: And I was just doing that with a client recently as well. And once we started Zooming and then we were having conversations, it took us a while to get the videos out, but figuring it out and making that comfort level and asking questions and being the other person across the screen made it a lot easier for him to actually create Mm -hmm. that content because it's just like me, right? Like sometimes I'm talking to the camera, but then sometimes if I'm talking to somebody, it's smoother like the way I'm talking to you. If I'm on camera myself, it, it never comes out the way it's supposed to come out. Right. Uh, It takes a bit of time practice. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Cool. So now I want to ask you this question, right? Now we're going to move off the business and everything and go more. Sounds good. Right. So a couple of questions (laughs) about you. So, and Mm -hmm. I really want to know, and I've read your profile. I've seen, and I believe Francisco, he helped you craft your story, obviously, for LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah, This guy is the most funniest dude on LinkedIn. I know. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. I have uh, a storytelling coach. I mean, how cliché does that sound?
0: <laughs> but what was <laughs> but, actually yeah. really going in your mind? Because you said literally, you know, you said, screw it, kind of got mm-hmm. sick and out of the corporate world, you moved to Lisbon. But what was that one reason? And I know you wanted that lifestyle, I guess, where you can surf when you want. But was it the freedom lifestyle or was it the thing of getting out of this corporate zone and just being on yourself away from all these people and doing what you do best? What was that one thing that actually got you to, Because it's a big thing, you know, to get up and move. Like I'm living in my fifth country now, right? <laughs> and for me, wow. it's always about, I want, I want to change. I want to travel. I want to see different places, but I'm just okay with whatever happens. Uh, mm, That's probably okay. based now, right? But, but I haven't, I guess, moving to Lisbon is quite a big thing. Uh
1: it was a big one. It's far oh, away it? from it is, and it's it, not yeah. where you
0: look at going. So what was it? Sorry, well, what was that one thing that actually hit your mind, and you're like, you know what? That's it, man. I need to get that mm-hmm. out of here and do what I want to do next.
1: Well, there was a, there is a specific moment, and it was uh, so a little backstory. It was Europe was always my dream to live here. So that it would, but in my mind, it was ten years out, fifteen years. That it never was a solid plan, but I just knew that Europe was a destination I would love to live in and then a series of events it was working in a corporate job, which I did enjoy and loved the people and then i was then I was laid off or you know and then it it like it changed quickly, and I started traveling and seeing a different way of life and I just thought, why am I so why it was like that inner voice that just kept kind of popping up, but I I w- stopped listening to it because I'm like, no, I should be doing this. I should, should, all the shoulds and living in San Francisco, a city that's very ambitious, big companies, big, you know, big dreams. And I was, I was moving along, but I, I just didn't feel like that that's, I didn't want that. And I started to feel very good, where the conversations were not interesting to me the, like, I just, I saw myself, you know, packing up my stuff and just being more free. I think that's the, the feeling that I would have. And so when I came to, to Portugal specifically, which was very last minute, I was on this. And I started to, it's, it's like, it was based on a feeling. You know, I felt really good here. And there was a familiarity because again, it's very much like California the vibe. And then I had an opportunity. I met someone in a cafe and I was doing some editing. Um, I was shooting a video here just for the tourism board, actually. So I came here with like a reason, you know, but, and he saw that I was, you know, working on this video, we started talking and then he showed me some properties that he had and he was a local, you know, owned a bunch of things within two hours. He was showing me one and he said my, my wife, you know, Airbnb's this property. And then I said, well, how much would you like rent this to to someone if they wanted to rent it? And he said, the amount was way less than my really small crappy apartment in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And in that moment I said, I'll rent it from you. (laughs) And it was like this, it was this crazy intuition, you know, of like, this is the right thing to do. And we shook hands and I was like, what did i just do i just <laughs> said i was going to rent this guy's did just, apartment did i just
0: leave my life you know? and just decide to move forward and <laughs> move
2: it
1: to another crazy. country uh-huh. so it mm. was in that moment that i was like because there was um it was just a feeling of of being empowered of like you know right. what i don't need to yeah to like get permission to do this mm. i didn't even know logistics how i could live here as an american visa i didn't know any of that stuff and i just figured it, it, it will fall into place. Right. And I think that's the thing when, when you make decisions like that, again, intuition is huge and really mm. listening to it. And usually the how does fall into place because people get tripped up on all that. Well, how, how do I, this, this, now I don't have children. So that's another thing is like, you know, moving with a family. I didn't own a home. Mm. So there was these elements that I already had more flexibility right? in, in a way. And so, mm. I think I hear this all the time. I've lived here for several years now when people say, I want to do that. I want to do something like that. And I'm like, well then do it. Yeah. No one is going to do it for you. You need to make that decision. Once you do everything, you know, things will fall into place.
0: Mm. I love that. And, yeah. and you know, like when I left my, I was made redundant from hospitality as well from a full-time corporate job, but I was actually like, you know, before I knew it was going to come because of COVID and I could see the situation for about three months, but I never made the effort of setting myself up for something else in that same world in terms of corporate and a full time Mm -hmm. job as a manager. uh, Because I was like, you know what, this is probably a great blessing coming in because I want to focus on something else. I want to be free. And I'm in a country where you do any job to survive, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. You can be a wait, right. wait staff, you can be the guy standing at a patrol station, you could drive an Uber, you could be a manager, or you could be a CEO. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares, you know? And Yeah, that's nice. And that's something when I said, you know, I want to leave organizations, I want to work for smaller places, and I want to build my marketing career, I want to do something because I want mm-hmm. the freedom. And it took me a while to even understand what freedom is, because I was such a corporate junkie and a slave, right? Where I was just... <laughs> This is how things go. You got to work from the best of the best. You got to work in these places and all that jazz and great hotels. Right. But I love it. Like the freedom, it just, I just feel different because, you know, I'm like, I can do what I want. If I don't like a job, I can just move (laughs) tomorrow. It's all good, but I can get up when I want to. Exactly. I'm running marketing. I'm doing a podcast and nothing would be possible if I was stuck in a corporate job. And I know that. Like we wouldn't be here talking because all I'd be doing is working from morning to night. So, you know, it's empowering. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great word to use for this.
1: One thing people would say, which caught me off guard was they said that I had a lot of courage and I never thought I had Mm -hmm. courage. I I didn't, I didn't think of it like that because to me, it was almost like a, not life and death, but almost to that level, like this I was in such um, a feeling of disconnect that it was unbearable Mm. at times. And so that decision, you you know, it was, it, it was like, it had to happen, you know, something had to shift. And so that's what it surprised me about the courage thing, Mm. because, you know, going to a new country, yes. New language, new everything. Didn't, I didn't go with, I moved by myself. So didn't have a job. It was just completely, Mm taking that leap, but it, I knew on the other side, it was going to be this completely, I mean, hopefully good experience. Now it's not easy moving to another country. There's so many challenges that come with it, being away from family, all of that. And so every year now I kind of check in again. I'm like, is this what I want? Do I want to be here? And again, I feel I feel so much more empowered to just make these choices rather than know I should I should be doing this, you know, I should stay in this job for another year because, Mm -hmm. well, I'm going to get more stocks, you know, or (laughs) whatever, because I've stayed in jobs for those reasons, you know? And, but the other side of what you said is like, you have a podcast now. you're helping people with marketing, all of these things, no one is telling you when to get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. No one's saying, edit your podcast, you know, get that, reach out to that guest. So it takes a certain personality and it's, it's. I feel like as humans, though, in general, we want to be able to make our own decisions mm. and create our lives. At the same time, it's really nice to have that security of a job. Now, anything can happen. I was blindsided a bit too. You know, I've been I've been caught off guard. Like, wait a minute. I thought I was going to make that decision and leave when I wanted to. Mm. But, you know, ultimately, when you take that power back in a way it builds on itself. I think then you, then you keep going and you realize, wait, I can do this. Okay. I can take this on as well. So I, that's why I think I love interviewing entrepreneurs because it is a certain mentality and it does take courage
0: Absolutely, to do it. It, it takes courage. Yeah. And as I, and I guess it's, you know, understanding that when you're falling down, are you able to get back up? Because a lot of these entrepreneurs that you speak to and all, it's never been an easy path, right? Like, they. They're carving no. their own fucking path, as you said. It, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of ups and downs. And it's also motivating to see what people are doing. And then you're like, you know what? I'm actually going through it. Maybe I'm going through it in a different phase or a different level. But mm-hmm. in my own small terms, I'm doing this because everyone's different in their own ways. But, you know, it's so cool. And I, I love how you said that because I felt so free after I decided as well. And I said, we'll see what happens. I moved to Australia. I didn't have a job. Uh, you know Mm -hmm. I came here I looked for a job I started from the bottom got a full-time job went back down again looking for random jobs to pay bills certain times you know that's happened with COVID like it was so different I was like is this happening to me because I'm I was so used to that structure of security and everything right so I feel good because I'm like you know (laughs) it's all good we'll figure it out
1: what happens tomorrow but Exactly, we're doing
0: anything we're doing today, and that's the best part, right? We're evolving, we're growing, right. we're moving forward,
1: exactly. And it's, um, it's it is taking that leap, you know, the unknown, which people are so afraid mm-hmm. of. Personally, I thrive in that space, and I don't know why, but I like n- things where the, it's a bit unknown because mm-hmm. I feel like that's more like where you can create stuff, you know, when it's not all mapped out. And so, that's that's been another thing is learning it's just you learn about yourself and yeah. having a business. Right is the biggest personal growth experience I ever, no, I, ever have had. I have no idea. I'm like, I've read all the books. I've, you know, had the coaches I've done, done the things, but then it, no, like nothing forces you to really look at yourself, look at your stuff and huge thing, which I never, never thought
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that, that I would experience we're, so we're all people want to um, yeah. grow, mm-hmm. start a business, <laughs> put yourself out there.
0: You it manage is. everything. You're have, the you have sales guy. Profits, losses, you're everything, right? And
1: again, <laughs> exactly.
0: from, from a job to doing it yourself. I've learned so much as well. Like last one and a half years has been amazing. I, I yeah, wouldn't have thought right. I'd, be, I'd make it till here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so cool, man. Yeah. Mm. All right. Now I actually want to know, tell me about Nairobi because you went to Nairobi mm. to do some volunteer work, right? And yeah. And it's, it's pretty awesome. Oh, right? it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I try to find stuff which I find interesting right now. And, and I love volunteer work, charity or anything that can help other people. Right. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that, because I've heard stories of people talking on TV and all and seeing pictures, but I've never actually met someone who's been to hmm. different countries to do charity work. Right. So what was it like? And what was why did
1: you go there?
0: What Where'd was it?
1: Well, it was um, again, a lifelong dream of going. And I didn't know what country I just knew somewhere in Africa. I wanted to go and, you know, maybe that, that cliche thing, but I just, there was a huge pull to go there years ago. I had a life coach and this is like way before people had life coaches. And it was like 14, 15 years ago. And we did a visualization together, you know, about future and and all that. And then I, in the, in the visualization, I dropped down and I was there and I had a camera with me and I was working with, in, in like a small village. So I had this whole vision. It was like, I was watching a movie of my life. Within a year, I booked a ticket to Nairobi. I chose, I, I did research and I found this program where I could go and work in a school you know, type of thing. So I ended up going to Nairobi for a month, life-changing experience. And so I came back within, within about a year later because at the time I was teaching kids how to make films so i was teaching the whole film filmmaking process from script writing you know storytelling camera acting editing and and i had a so my partner and i we were doing this for years in the summer mm-hmm. with very privileged children in the states you know and then i thought well why don't we take this and, and go to nairobi i have connections so i went back a year later and that whole year leading up to it I was working with a local film teacher in Nairobi. She selected these children that were interested. They were interested in acting or, you know, just the process. And they all were from this slum just outside of Nairobi in Kibera. It's one of the largest slums. Like it's a million people living in there. And so we went and we did a 10-day workshop with them. We lived with them. We rented a big house. And these kids had some of them had never seen a house like this, Mm. you know, running water. And we had a chef that was cooking meals. I mean, it was to them completely a new New experience. And and we filmed a story that they wrote together and they acted in it and they, they helped film and edit. So we, by the end of this process, we had this 10 or 15 minute film and, we showed it to their parents. We gathered everyone together. We showed the parents and it was the most surreal experience I think I've ever had because just seeing their reactions and, and having this experience, I mean, the first night at dinner, I remember we're sitting there and all the kids were there. It's completely silent. And I'm just thinking, what have we done? This is a crazy, you know, what are they thinking? And do they think we're mm-hmm. crazy? And yeah, the whole thing, but we ended up having a great time, but it was, um, it still is, is one of the best experiences of my life, actually. And this was ten years ago that I was there and did that. And then recently, just within two weeks or so, one of the guys that that was a contact for me there um, that kind of helped, you know, with the whole thing. He said, "I want to now do what you guys did, you know, that film workshop with a local women's center, a girls' center." And so now I'm starting to to work with them again to create help them share their stories so these these girls are in there and they're living there so they're you know leaving their homes because they've not been living in good conditions they're victims you know of certain you know abuse and so now i'm going to start working with them on you know crafting stories and then helping them film the stories and maybe i'll go back next year and film in person
0: it's so cool huh? like yeah. it, it, it just, just resurfaced again. again yeah and you did something 10 years ago and it's like a domino effect, right? It's coming back and, and this wow. is more, I guess this is more of that satisfaction of helping communities because this is not <clears throat> really about, and I'm sure this is not a money project for you, but that internal satisfaction no. of saying, man, you know, I saw that kid smile the other day. I saw that woman right. smile because of what we did, like right. opportunities and, and that's, something.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. And, and I think it's so easy. I mean, there's so many charities, there's so yeah. many things out there and, and you can throw money at things for sure but being able to l- help them learn something teach something and create something together that is the experience that i like to have and, and that was that was the pull before i thought yeah you can yeah. give money and but where is it going who is like you know I, and so being able you know to go there also is a privilege of course and so so now with this you know being being able to, being able to share a skill set And ultimately having to share their story
0: with that skill set, right?
1: Right. And, and just them going back to wanting to be, you know, seen and heard and everything, having them being able to share their story in whatever capacity they want to. Mm. And I mean, I think that's the biggest thing too is, Mm. is knowing, okay, your, your story matters. Here's, here's a platform. Here's a way that you can Mm -hmm. share it with other people. Wow so yeah,
0: so good I love that you know and when I read about Nairobi and you being them because I couldn't find too much information about it all I knew is that you volunteered there right and Mm -hmm. and I was so curious I was like what actually drove her to go there and that that's that was my curiosity right because going to Nairobi to volunteer is not or any other country to go and volunteer you have Mm -hmm. to have some motivation because like you said you know it's easy to give charity money versus actually making the effort of Giving some empowerment, making that effort of going and helping people grow. So that, that's a pretty cool story, Willow. Thank, thank you for that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> thank you. Mm. I'll keep you posted how it goes with the yeah, project. Yeah, absolutely. I'm
0: very curious. So I'm gonna ask you this now, if you know or not, but I want to know what is the best piece of advice you've got and the worst piece of advice you were given. Like, is there Ooh. one of each you can say? We don't have to tell who gave you, but I'm just curious. Like.
1: Okay. So I know the best piece of advice mm-hmm. for sure. And this was in that time that I was telling you, this like feeling disconnected. I was living in you know, San Francisco and I, I came to Lisbon on a week trip, a surf trip, did not plan on moving here, but it was just mm-hmm. a trip. And I met this, uh, a producer that from LA and it I was here and then a, a friend of a friend said, Oh my, you know, my husband is actually in Lisbon maker. So I was thinking, great, this could be a new connection. And I was, he was, oh, sorry, he lived in New York at the time. And I was going to New York for a couple of months. And so this was a time I was just sort of kind of floating around, you know, and got stuck in the shoulds. I thought I should move to New York, uh, which in my heart of hearts is so not what I wanted to do. But so I meet this guy in New York and we, you know, we meet up, we're having coffee and I was, I was prepared to say you know like if there's anyone you know any jobs any any some you know connections you have and I said so yeah you know living in New York I think it's better it's good for my career and all that and then I said but I I ultimately want to live in Europe though Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and he he was just like okay can I just tell you something can I give you some advice I don't However, he prefaced it he said go now don't waste time don't be here because you think it's good you know if your career you should be doing something if that's what you ultimately want do it now and that was not what I expected to hear from him I guess and so it was like that permission slip that I subconsciously I think needed mm. so that conversation yeah it, it clicked I was like okay I gotta do it now because you never know what's going to happen. You could get locked into something and, you, and then you don't have that freedom anymore. And that was sort of his experience. He said, I wanted to move to LA and then I waited and then I got married and then yeah. I had a kid. He's like, the, I can't move anymore. I've got other people involved. And so, yeah, do it now yeah. was the best advice.
0: Well, that was one the of the worst advice. advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that was actually just one of the questions I'm going to ask you next was there something that changed the direction of your life? But I guess that all combines together and say, yes, uh, that's what yeah. changed the direction
1: of your life. You know? Yeah. Awesome. It was a big that's one. Okay. Mm. Yeah, definitely. The worst advice. On, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I would say it's probably just parents. <laughs> you should, um, you know, get the, I didn't have a lot of pressure to, you know, follow this path, but I think <clears throat> both my parents are quite traditional and have very hard workers. And I think I always felt different because I didn't want that nine five and just like that grind. It never was something I resonated with. And, and so I think that it, it's always like this hard work thing, you know, hard work is like a badge that you wear. That's what I've seen modeled for me. Now I've never worked harder than when I've had my own business because I care. All right. So much more. And so that, and a lot of the time it doesn't feel like work. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an extension of who I am. And that's good to have boundaries though. I, I've gotten better, mm-hmm. but so I think in that way, if I did follow the, the traditional path or, you know, thinking, yes, work hard, work hard, work for someone else and just, you know, and then you can retire, go live your life. And travel and do all these things if i had followed that path or followed their path then no i think i would have i wouldn't have been being true to myself right. so i'm definitely the black sheep for sure
0: but i think that's becoming that was common in back in the day but now it's getting more and more common where people because there was something on television i was watching where the great resign or something they're calling it where
1: yeah in, great resignation
0: yeah right more and more people mm-hmm. are just like myself, and I guess like you a while ago, we're just like, screw this, man. I want to <laughs> start something on my own. I want to try something else, you know? And it takes a while yeah. to do that, but yeah. Well, exactly. great point, you know? I guess, yeah, being traditional, well, following a path which was probably set out, but in- it's not for everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So now tell me this. And I came up with this today, right? One piece of Willow's wisdom (laughs) for someone
1: who may follow your path. (laughs) Uh, That's a big one. Great questions, by the way. Um, Wisdom. I think this is something that is going, is a continual process. And it is when you hear that voice. Now, I think we have many voices. We've got the should, we've got the parents, we've got all that culture, society, you know, all of that stuff happening.
2: Hmm.
1: It's really tuning into where do you feel the most alive? Maybe not where, but what, what are you doing? Who are you around? And that could be a place as well, you know, that kind of lights you up. So really being mindful of that because it doesn't have to look the way that you think it's going to look or what other people think it's going to look. So that would be the biggest thing is if you and, the, and going back to the permission, because I think a lot of us, we really, we want that permission. We want to be accepted and validated and external validation is, is very important. Anyone that says like, don't, don't pay attention, don't listen to, you know, external validation or pay to, I mean, it's very, it's important. We're, we're, Tribal human beings, we want to be accepted and part of a, a group, but at the same time, really, really tapping into you as an individual and what really feels good to you. I think that's something that that we've disconnected from a bit because we're so much in our minds. And what makes sense, what makes logical sense, logistical sense, and will prepare you for this future. You know, we're always kind of like looking yeah. so far ahead rather than like, well, what about right now?
0: Living the moment, right? And I love well, that. That was a lot I just said. Yeah. But. but I really hope people listen to this. And, you in know, coming from Asian countries where that's pretty much the norm, right? Like, what's the society going to say? Mm-hmm. And I've been very lucky that I've never been pressurized and nobody told me to be a doctor or a lawyer and all that jazz because <laughs> that's good. Then I was hopeless in that stuff anyway, right? <laughs> I was always yeah. a hospitality guy. and my parents supported it. So I was pretty lucky about that. But okay. to a lot of people, you know, it's like, you got to be something big, you got to follow that path. And, and a lot of them are not happy. And I can tell you that I know, for a fact, that a lot of people who've done the MBAs and all this stuff that they bought, and they've gone through, they okay. don't have a job anymore, because they're stuck. And that's, that's exactly something that you're doing in Nairobi, right? You're giving that opportunity, you're empowering them to do something with a skill set rather than trying to hold a degree. And I think for it's changing now, which is great, it's evolving because for many years, it was all about, are you a graduate? Are you this? Are you that? Are you going for that PhD and all that? Versus now people are like, how do we survive? The guys, the young guys are making millions of dollars sitting on the laptop, you know? Bitcoin. And, <laughs> right? A lot of things and people are like, huh, okay, there are different things out there. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I can really resonate with that. Yeah. And I, I've I think- been, yeah, sorry, off to you. <laughs> mm.
1: No, I, it, I think these days, like, it's hard to even wrap my head. There's a big tech conference just in town. And I was meeting people that early adopters on things, you know, okay, Bitcoin, I'm right. talking specifically now, but it's just like, all these things, these norms mm-hmm. are not the norms anymore because everything, there's so much innovation, so many things happening very quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think this like old outdated idea of, yeah, go to school, get the, get the degree, get the job. I mean, if anything, it's really about creating something, learning that way, teaming up with someone else. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely on the creator side. I think if if that is something you want to do, because it's, it's never a guarantee and it's going to be much harder, but the rewards and the satisfaction and fulfillment that come from that, I think are definitely worth it. Yeah. That's
0: cool. And, and, you know, to people saying being an entrepreneur is hard, but also it's not bad to be doing a job, right? Like it's nothing bad, but it's, it's just, you got to find your space and when the time when you think is right for me, it was last year for you was probably a few years ago for somebody maybe five years later for somebody maybe the now right so yeah
1: yeah
0: it's awesome hopefully you inspired somebody to make the change you know (laughs) and then wait for the results I
1: I hope so I think it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's always um sometimes I think about well it's people say think about your mortality that's something that will motivate Mm -hmm. you in a way and and I it's you know, waiting for this perfect time, perfect situation. I mean, it doesn't really exist mm-hmm. now making a rash decision, leaving a job when you don't have anything, you know, there are smart decisions for sure. But ultimately when you do step out of this, because it's, it's that comfort zone and, and ultimately it's operated by fear. We all have fear that it's like really facing it and going, well, what is the worst possible scenario? Mm-hmm. If I take this step, what's the worst that can happen? If I create this video, put it online. What's the worst thing that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad. If you think, if you really think about it, but we get so hung up on, you know, not wanting to feel any pain or discomfort that it it just keeps us, even though the discomfort that we're feeling is almost worse.
0: Because I guess when you're doing a lot of things, you're always looking at someone else's perspective, right? What are they thinking or what are they doing or how that might affect versus this is something that you got to do for yourself right right and yep. you gotta you gotta i keep covering it, you gotta carve your own fucking spot. <laughs> <Now> <laughs> I do it? yeah yeah it's
1: yeah. it's um yeah i think it, it's like that living on your own terms and there's something about being able to well make decisions again because i think we naturally want that we right. want to you know and, and the other side too is when we're given that freedom mm. that we gen and i I just wake up at noon and go, you know, things. Okay. Maybe in the beginning, because I remember I created a lifestyle that was very free. It was, I did what I surfed every single day. Mm. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of structure because I wanted to experience that. But then this, you know, it kicked in of like, I want to contribute. I want to help others. I want to be of value and of service. And so I think that ultimately as a human, have that in us that drive if we are given the freedom and I think you have to give that to yourself sometimes but we're so programmed to have people tell us what what to do and which direction to go because it's all it's easier in a way we don't have to think about it but it ultimately can can feel really inauthentic to throw that word in there that buzzword <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, thank so, you for that.
0: yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah. That yeah, I can really <laughs> resonate with that. All right, so I'm going to close this podcast with one last question. I just want you to summarize your life till today and what's next in Willow's life. What? How would you summarize yourself in a story? And how Francisco would probably create a story. Mm-hmm. How would you put yourself in that story and say what's what's actually next for Willow?
1: that's interesting. Well, what is next is hmm, jumping more into the unknown and trusting that it's just going to be bigger. And I don't mean bigger as in, I, I feel like, okay. So Letting go is, is also something that would be another piece of advice too. Cause I, I'm, this is what I'm working on is the letting go and, and the trusting of the, 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 the energy and the effort has been there that, and it's just now after quite a while, I think things are unfolding better than I could have imagined, but I had the vision to begin with
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so with that it's that because again this personal growth experience that i've been on has been like very very uncomfortable and it's like it's a roller coaster ride and so i feel like now it's it's just picking up momentum now it didn't happen in the time frame that i wanted it to and i had it all planned and you know the goals written out on the paper it didn't happen that way and it's not it's not happening in that way. So, if anything, the story is things happen in their own time, and they're better than you could have imagined. So that would be, mm. yeah. And ultimately, yeah, it's all going to be okay.
0: Great way to put it. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, thank you thank so you. much for coming on oh, to great. share your story. It's it's always cool to meet awesome people, and like the whole of this podcast is I know a few things about you guys, but I want to discover more with certain things that sort of intrigue me. Right. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: I really want to thank you again for coming and taking the time out. And you thank know you. I, I, yeah. And look, I'm sure we're going to reconnect again sometime on this podcast. That's what I tell some of my <laughs> guests that two, three years later I want to see where I am, where you are, and then have the same yeah. conversation and say how have we moved forward from where we were, right? And who did we make a difference okay. to? So Thank you Thank so you. much again for coming on.
1: Chat. Awesome.